0: It's time for Cubicle Insanity. I've got Kim here with me, and I'm Tammy. We're back together again to talk a little bit about that which we love corporate America. What we talk about applies to most organizations government, nonprofit, you name it. Our podcast is a discussion about the real insanity from cubicles in the workplaces, from leadership and leaders to experiences within life in the cubicles. Let's get into our latest cubicle insanity. Kim? Let's go. Okay. I know we talk a lot about leaders, but um, I think you have a few things to share with us about seven ways outstanding leaders do different things differently
1: i do so i was reading this uh article so let me ask you like do you feel or let me rephrase the question like certain companies you've been in do you kind of look around and go oh my god we got a leadership crisis going on here and then other companies that maybe you've worked for you're like you know what we have some pretty good people around here
0: yes And I think that it doesn't take that much to be really obvious about what kind of
1: leaders you have. Yeah. yeah. Yep. This article kind of goes around saying, Hey, basically we're kind of in this crisis leadership crisis right now. Um, And kind of poked around in a little bit further in some other areas and in totality, people kind of do have that sentiment. And what I didn't get digging deep enough into, is it because, like in the US, is it because of the politics that are going on under the current administration? Is it uh, the economy? What, you know, is it some of the, I just don't know. But uh, there's a general general sentiment out there that there's not a lot of good leaders out there right now. So, um you know, over the course of these podcasts, we've talked about some good leaders, some good ways to do it. And this article talks—you'll uh, see—kind of has some of the same threads to it. So, one of the things—it's um, believe it or not—family. It's a list. Seven ways. Seven things. A list. We're going to talk about. Seven I think things. we we love lists. <laughs> we do love. You're at
0: cubicle insanity. Articles
1: with list. <laughs> so. Um, <laughs> So the first the first point that this uh, Arthur makes is outstanding leaders lead with consistency of character. So what he went on to talk about in this is doing things right, doing things consistently um and, and leaning with character like 100% of the time, as if no one's ever watching, right? So That's a, always a great point. But how do you act
0: when nobody is watching?
1: Yeah. So, you know, take the actions and, and do what you would normally do as if people were always watching. Always do the right thing. So if you think about... From one of our earlier podcasts, and we talked about our early careers. And remember, I talked about, you know, McDonald Douglas, and their phrase was always take the high road. Yeah. I think it's that you always take the high road, whether somebody's watching or not. Regardless, I think you always take the high road. It's moral, ethical, and legal, and the right thing to do. Um, but think about that. Or if you think about. Like when we did the podcast on servant leadership, remember the S for selflessness. You know, it talked about making the pot of coffee before anybody else got in. It was the right thing to do so that when people got in, the coffee was ready.
0: Oh, yeah. Uh, and the number of arguments about who didn't make the coffee, who left the coffee pot empty. Yeah. Yeah. And it, I mean, doing the right thing, like I feel like that is in a way so cliché. But the, obviously we 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 continue to hear this, like this is a theme that keeps coming up all the time because I, I it seems like it must not be that easy to do is to choose to do the right thing.
1: Yeah, and I was just going to say isn't that interesting that it does keep coming up? And why does it keep coming up? Is it because it's so hard to do the right thing all the time? Do we have a moral, um, a lack of morals in the... in, in? Conundrum? Yes.
0: I We must. I, I also think it's, and I know this has come up again several times, but like is it sort of the, um, I'm going to call it competitiveness. I can't think of all the words we've used, you know, over the course of the podcast, but is it sort of just like weird competitiveness? Like I want to look good. I, you know, versus doing the right thing. And it's, it's to me, it shouldn't be a decision. Like I, you know, you should want to do the right thing, but human nature says we want to be popular and we want to please, you know, um, our, our bosses and, and to, you know, that sort of managing up sort of thing. Yeah. And so, you know, consistency of character is harder than it sounds.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It just, um, kind of baffles me like how it's hard to do the right, you know, why is it hard to do the right thing? so, so, the uh, the next point that this author makes is outstanding leaders are intentional about being accessible. Oh, okay. Yeah. What kind? So, well, like accessible, like what? Um, what does that mean? The open door policy, like hey, my door's always open. So let me let me read from the article a little bit. What it, what the this author says? It says. Um, the more successful you become, the less accessible you'll be. You know, there's competing demands, busy schedules, um, several other things that, you know, distract you throughout the day and keep you away from interacting with the employees. But he says, outstanding leaders make a con- concentrated effort to be accessible and available to those who need them. Okay, so I'm thinking about this
0: as you're talking because um, we recently talked about the open door policy, maybe creating an environment uh, that is actually opening the door to maybe whining or emotional drama. Yeah. And so when you say that they're making themselves accessible, I appreciate that. And I love that about leaders. And to, to me, it, uh, the way you describe it, 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 I mean, it is hard for leaders because, I mean, don't we all get so many emails? But leaders must get, you know, like a, a compounded amount of even emails, so the inbox is crazy and so many demands. But I, I, I think about, you know, managers and leaders that have, when I think accessible, that if I've got something to talk about with them, that they will make themselves they'll make the time right. to have that conversation with me or you know they might notice my demeanor or they might like as they walk by you know like my reaction to them you know they may it might cause them pause to go how are things going and yeah. really mean the how are things going instead of hey how are things going you know and keep right. going uh, type of thing so I, uh, to me, I mean, so you've covered two things and that, you know, that consistency of character and this accessible to me, like, okay, you've already nailed it. Those are to me key things in a leader.
1: Yeah. Yep. Absolutely. You know, the other thing that we've often talked about for leaders is their need for their, for communication. And um, this author calls it meticulous in their communication And uh, what he says is, you know, be careful in every word that they write, say, email, text, or tweet. And if I think about that, uh, well, let me me kind of write, say what the kind of summary line of this is. He says, the art of the communication is a language of leadership and is essential to success, and it works for those who work at it. When I first read this, this point they need to be meticulous in communication be careful of every word that you write so i think about that or you know you communicate and i think about that um in a couple of different contexts things can get so misconstrued when it is both of you using um, the same language that, you know, if it's like you and I are both fluent in English, but sometimes I can say something and it can be taken out of context, for example, by you because of your experiences in life, right? Um, but think about how if there's a language gap, you know, you, your native language is not English, how things need to be done di- said differently, right? So I think about that. But the other thing I think about when I read this was it's something I, I learned early in my career. Write as if it was, go, you're, if you're going to use a dot, you know, if you're writing something, whether it's an email, a text, a tweet, write as if it would be used in a court of law or hit the front page of a newspaper, as they used to say back in the day the newspaper. New- newspaper what <laughs> yeah you know the old <laughs> newspaper where you know you hold up in front of you and crinkle and you snap it here <laughs> here <laughs> um but that's that's something I always am conscious of when I write an email or something like that so I'm meticulous in that way but then the other thing I think about around their meticulous uh around the meticulousness of it uh, is meticulous right word Um, is to to think about be clear, be concise in what you're saying so that things can't be misconstrued and be, when you're making that communication, make sure that there's a full explanation of the why. Yeah. It's like
0: being, I'm going to use the word caring in your communication it's a representation of you it's a representation of the organization and it's so communication is so undervalued and keeping um a close eye keeping it in the forefront that communication has to happen right is to me is so key so I mean, to me, what you're talking about is not only choosing your words carefully, because you do have to be thoughtful in in choosing your words, but it's also be, um, I'll go back to, so the first one you said was consistency of character. There's a little bit of consistency in, in communication. So not only be thoughtful about your words, but
1: do it frequently frequently right i was just going to add that point about the frequency and because how many times have you and i been in meetings and we're clear on what the objective is or what needs to be done and then we go out and make the communication we've discussed this before and those that aren't in the meeting they have only what's being published and if it you know they're reading into what is being published or said So you've got to do all kinds of follow-up communications to make sure it's clear and everybody understands exactly what you're trying to accomplish. They're not, you know, employees aren't mind readers. Right. Right.
0: And in fact, I think that, um, you know, some of the organizations I've worked at before is there might be a communication that comes out, but if you're not, to your point, if you're not consistent and thoughtful and meticulous about your communication I've been part of those organizations where it's like when there is a communication that comes out, everyone's a little bit, um, uh, oh gosh, what's the word I'm looking for? A little bit like, um, looking for the hidden meaning, you know, questioning that communication. Yeah. Yeah. And so to be thoughtful, meticulous, um, frequent in your communication might alleviate some of that, but, uh, to your point, I, there's only so much that can be, do, be done in written word where sometimes the other avenues have to be explored as well. So the, uh, the sort of live um, uh, communication, there can be some value there to see how it's being delivered, the, the actual like sort of person and thoughtfulness where you can see it happening, sometimes that value is needed.
1: Yes. Yep. Agree. So speaking of value, um, the next point here. So, but wait, there's more? Yes. <laughs> point number four, uh, just thinking about, you know, you use the word value and he says outstanding leaders make others feel valued. They never forget the greatest emotional need Uh, we have to feel valued and appreciated. And they make sure they do their part so that everyone they encounter from the CEO to the and interns understand that his or her contribution is important and appreciated. Amen. Absolutely. So the thing that, that, um, you know, I learned again early in my career is don't forget to say thank you. In fact, fact, one of the things I remember like this one company I worked for, it was a very small company and the HR department was two, me and the person in the the other person in the, in the, in our department, that person reported into me. uh, um, But regardless of the reporting structure, we worked as a team. But on Friday afternoon, um, we still had the paper pay slips and I would give them their pay slip and say, thank you for all that you've done. Thank you for all that you've done this week. Thanks for, you know, somehow I would say thank you. And the first couple of times I did that, they just kind of looked at me like, are you crazy? (laughs) And like the week three, when I did that, they said, well, why do you say that? And I said, because I appreciate what you've done for, for the company, for the employees, for the HR, and for the support that you've given me. Yeah, and, and because it, without you, where well, would we be? Right. And the person said to me, I've never had a manager say thank you to me. Oh my gosh. I'm like, are you kidding me? Oh. I, I mean, they said thanks, but not in like, uh, this type of context. Like, hey, thanks for handing me that piece of paper or whatever, right? But not, not for their contribution.
0: Right. I worked for a financial services organization. so real, I mean, all professionals um, working in the organization. And the group that I worked for, um, our leader... At the end of every day, I mean, the for the most part, you know, I mean, everybody, uh, you know, five o'clock comes around, everybody's packing up and heading out. And um, she, I mean, literally, as people are walking out, says to everybody, thanks for coming to work today. Yeah. And I would giggle every time I heard it. And... You know, as I got to know her and sort of, you know, understand sort of all the inner workings of everything, she really meant it. Like she really meant to everybody every day when they got up to leave to go home, she really meant thank you for coming to work today. Thank you for putting in all of your effort that you did today to make our organization successful. And so while she, she was, you know, she had a great personality and, and, you know, people were drawn to her and she would say, thanks for coming to work today. Like she really meant it. And as you got to know her, you really, you really learned that about her. And if you ever got up to leave for work and she didn't say it to you and I, and I kid you not, people would like walk all the way back to her desk and be like, um, maybe you didn't see me, but I'm leaving. And she'd be like, okay, see you tomorrow. And literally everybody within her would send her and be like, what's wrong? Why? What? like, um, aren't you going to thank us for coming to work? Like we did a lot of work today. We, yeah. we, you know, we gave it our all today. And so she sort of, she came to learn also herself to realize that not only did she make everybody feel appreciated, every day but on those days where maybe she was having a tough day something was happening that her employees were there for her and were happy to be part of the team and help her out that people would actually stop and be like something's wrong you know that we're not getting our usual thanks for coming to work today yeah and it made for such a great culture I mean for such a great team environment that we were all there for each other
1: huh that's uh that's very interesting it uh she yeah the the, the the fact that the team then picked her up too and valued her right I mean, it became it became circular
0: you know what I mean like a little yeah. bit for you and a little bit back at you so yeah. um you know, now that you say this whole valued thing and um, everything and have reminded me of her, I wonder if she still does that today. Like, I feel like I should reach out to her and ask, like, do you still, as everybody leaves, do you still say, you know, thanks for coming to work today?
1: I bet she does. I think it's in her nature too. Yeah. I, I to this day, thank, uh, thank staffs for, you know, Every, at the end of the, the week. Thank you for all that they've done. Yeah. So, yeah, it's just... Everybody uh, wants to be appreciated. Absolutely. And uh, so I think that's, you know, good advice, good wisdom. And speaking of wisdom, that's the other thing, is uh, outstanding leaders thirst for wisdom, according to this author. And oh, okay. What he says, so let me just uh, read from the article here. There's a saying that knowledge comes to those who are thirsty for wisdom. The best leaders make a continual effort to expand their mind and increase their understanding or their field of, of leadership, of those around, and of the issues of the day and the world in general. Wisdom is a byproduct of life experiences, and the best leaders take their experiences and turn them into wisdom. Yes. Yeah. So there's, um, I was reading this other article, and it was an interview of um, General uh, Matias, U.S. Army General, uh, I believe Army or Marines, I can't remember which, I apologize for not remembering that. And, um, I'm going to paraphrase kind of this quote. He says, nothing surprises me. I've seen it or read it all before he uses his his experience. So I think it's his wisdom, right? It's his, he's, he, he's a, he's a very avid reader, uh, read thousands of books according to this article. And so he uses that to guide him and, um, his thirst for knowledge and, uh, has turned it into his wisdom. So he doesn't get surprised. He says he never has been, he doesn't get surprised and um, he's able to, you know, guide from there and lead from, from that.
0: Yeah. I, and I think part of that, like you're describing, there's this um, element of experience and, and reading and this um, searching and seeking out of more information The other thing about, I think, those leaders is not only are they seeking outside the organization information, worldly information, et cetera, I think that also makes them more open to listening, um, making themselves available to uh, even the discussion within their teams of, you know, like if we're looking for a better way of doing something or how do we make this um, more profitable? How do we drive more results? I think that same sort of um, desire for for learning makes them also more open to seeking out uh, uh, opinions and thoughts, um, even of those in the organization. Don't you think so?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. They have and a I- curiosity
0: yeah and i think that makes the the teams and the organizations that are um, working for them uh, more is it you know um, more open to providing that th- their thoughts and, and and their feedback because that they know their leader is is really open to or seeking you know all those types of things and so which leads them to having more experience that can actually make them better because now they have all these various, you know, um, uh, stories and, and successes or lessons learned to draw on right to share with the team.
1: Yeah. Yep. Yeah. The, um, the next point that the author makes is outstanding leaders are de- de- decisive. So I think it goes back to the, the earlier point about, you know, reading and, and um, their thirst for understanding and, and expanding their minds. But by doing that, they become more decisive. And he says, the ability to make uh, even difficult decisions calmly authoritative, authoritatively is critically important to leaders, their organizations, and their people. Part of it is knowing how to focus. Part of it is trusting your own instincts and the knowledge and experience that underline them. And part of it's being ahead of the game enough that you've already done any study and discussion that might be helpful. So again, you know, the point made earlier about uh, General Matias, the saying that, you know, nothing surprises him. He's had a lot of experiences, as we all have, right? And, and that's one of the things I always talk to um, newer in career employees. It kind of goes along with taking some risk, right? Is you got to make some decisions. And everybody's always, oh, I don't know, I'm afraid to make some decisions, I'm afraid to take some risk. But I keep telling them the more you do it, the more experience you get. The better decisions you're going to make, and the quicker you're going to make decisions. Trust your instincts, as this um, article points out. I say that all the time. Your gut is your best guide, best tool you have to guide your decisions. Um, I give that as career advice all the time. And and I don't know about you, but do you have, do you trust your own instincts when making some decisions and in, in leading? Yeah. And
0: the other thing is, I think that people, I, I know myself, like if I think about, um, you know, again, this, um, this woman I worked for who said, thanks for coming to work today. She, you know, that if a decision needed to be made, you could go to her and she would make the decision. It wasn't rash. Yeah, There was base, there was some basis behind that. And in a weird way, I'm going to say it gave us comfort. And the other thing I'll say make um, is I know that when I was a, a people leader and I can think about some teams I led, you know, if they would come to me, it was easy to see when they were doubting themselves, they knew the right thing to do. They knew what needed to get done but for whatever reason, and we all do this to ourselves, we doubt ourselves. And my role there, to me, was obvious in that I needed to support them. They, To your point, their gut was telling them what they needed to do, what the right thing to do was. I needed to be there to support that in a way that was a decision in and of itself is to be you know supportive of what they knew they needed to do
1: yeah yep i always ask like uh well what do you think you should do or what do you think we should do and they always have the answer right and yeah let's do it they just uh you know again they don't have enough experience to make those decisions but they just need the reassurance that their decision that they think is the answer is the right answer so being supportive of decisions to help people grow, to become those decisive leaders, right?
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. To, to sort of put that uh, reassurance in, you know, what your gut is telling you is the right thing to do.
1: Yeah, yep. So the last point um, that this author makes is outstanding leaders set an example for others to follow. So think, about I love it. it. Think about yep. the, the very first point, right? Take the high road, do what's right when others aren't looking. So it goes back to setting the example that others will follow. And um, they show this, uh, the, you know, they lead in respect, trust, integrity. There's are three central traits of, of leadership. I think we've heard those numerous times in other yep. other articles, other books that we've read. Uh even from our own experience, that's what we look Definitely. for we look for, you know, we say, Oh yeah, that's a good leader or that's a good manager. And when somebody says why, well, they respect me and I respect them. I trust them, they trust me. I feel that they have integrity, right? They've got to do the right thing.
0: And Absolutely.
1: So, you know, the article says, uh, quietly and without preaching, they model the behavior they'd like to see. So, you know my model, leadership is demonstrated, not announced. Yeah. We've talked about that numerous times is, you know, that's that's kind of my personal motto. And I think that that kind of summarizes this this last point.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, it's all... Built in trust and the number of times that that has come up in all of our discussions. Trust.
1: Yeah. Yep. So, you know, I I don't think anything in this article is that hard. Um, Regardless of whatever level of leadership you're at, I think we can all do these, right? Whether you're an individual contributor or you're managing small team, big teams, these are things that you can naturally do to be a good leader, an outstanding leader. So um, as this article says, you know, start acting, start today to act like an outstanding leader and see how far it takes you. I uh, wholeheartedly agree with that statement. I think we can all do that. So.
0: Yeah, no doubt. I'm, I totally agree. Regardless of what your role is, if you're a people manager, you're not a people manager, whatever you're contributing at your organization, do these things and it's, it, um, it will build you up. So, you know, when you go back to, you know, like being trusted and the integrity, following all of these things makes you stand out.
1: Yeah, absolutely.
0: Do it consistently. Don't doubt yourself. Don't uh, fall prey um, to uh, office drama or, you know, uh, play into those things. It's uh, stay true to yourself.
1: Yes. Stay true to yourself. Trust your instincts. So, so I think that, you know, hitting the highlights of this article, um, Tammy, should we state the obvious?
0: yeah let's do it uh seven things it seems like an easy list right um, Do the right thing that number one um I think always go back to in any situation what is the right thing to do uh don't let anybody influence you. go with your gut, do the right thing um, the I think the um accessible thing is so. Uh, sometimes, you know, it, it becomes accessible in, uh, sort of, uh, do I like do in word only like, uh, so I would, I read a book, I heard, you know, from these people like to be a leader, I need to be accessible. So I'm making myself accessible, but not really doing it full, like with your full heart, with your full being, um, so that uh, people know when you're, when you're sort of half-assing it, um, right. So, you know, be accessible to the team. Um, communication to me, I feel like that is, uh, that's my, that's my trigger. That's my hot topic. Um, if we were just all like sort open and honest are from leadership all the way through, um, I, and, and, and be thoughtful about it, uh, whether it's in writing, whether it's in person, whether it's a one-to-one, whether it's a one-to-many communication is uh, essential to success. I think is what you said. Yes. There's um, the, the next point you talked about was um, making other people feel valued uh, it's that you know what, thanks. You know what, here's your paycheck, and thank you for all that you contributed. Thanks for coming to work today, making sure that those people around us that they do feel important to the organization, that they feel appreciated, they feel recognized um, for what they do. It can be such a small effort to do that, but the great returns that you can get there. Um, you talked about this thirst for wisdom. It's uh, we all, I think, have to have that hunger to continue to learn and evolve and understand and be open to all the various ideas that are going to make us improve. Um, uh, you, you were talking about leader. Outstanding leaders are decisive. And that's where we were talking about um, trusting our own instincts. Go with your gut. Trust yourself. Um, make a decision. Uh, go to your leader. And and the leaders um, who will make those decisions and that are comfortable there are really going to, I, I think, develop some loyal followers. But not only that, they're going to develop um, an organization. Their employees are also going to be comfortable and um uh confident in making decisions themselves yeah. um i uh coming upon this last one uh, as you said it sort of sums it all up but set an example as you go through it, you know um number one through six um, hitting on that, that point of trust and integrity and, and respect, come to work with all of those every day and set that example. And uh, honestly, I think if we were all able, human nature, I think uh, deters us, but if we're all able to come to work every day with those things, leaders or contributors, we are making a better organization every day. Agreed. Absolutely. Kim?
1: Uh, I think I uh summed her up.
0: If you've got anything else to add.
1: Make it a better place every day. You give it your all. Be the leader that you can give, be. And um give it your all. <laughs> Go for the A plus. Go for the A plus, but don't be a jackwagon about it. <laughs> no, for sure. <laughs> All right. So thanks to our listeners. Thank you to all of our active military and our veterans. And please stay tuned for our next episode of Cubicle Insanity.